to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Ariel Joss from Penny Lane Zine. How you doing, Ariel? Yeah, good, thank you. You, you made it back for a second minute. Yeah, I'm excited to do it. <laughs> really appreciate it, and you did a great job last minute, and we... We hope to hear some more good insights uh, for this minute, uh, 45, and it starts with Russell telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to, and ends with Russell holding the microphone, but not singing. <laughs> yep. Why would he not be singing? No idea. I guess we'll have to find okay. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that I'm telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to is such an iconic line, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a little microcosm of the internal battle in Russell, who, you know, he may genuinely like William, but has a deep mistrust for the press, it seems. Yeah. He'd fit in with people today, that's for sure. Yeah, Um, that's true. (laughs) But I guess, like, who can he really talk to if he says he's outgrown the band? Like, who can he confide in? Yeah, yeah, I think that does, yeah, it, this is an interesting outlet that he does have. Although he's, you know, he's doing this thing throughout the movie where he's, you know, kind of avoiding William quite often. I mean, you know, he's telling him to yeah. put his microphone away and, you know, and, yeah. and go and go away even. <laughs> I mean, I'm in too yeah. truthful a mood. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love that line. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he seems to like to talk to him if, if the microphone isn't out, you know. That's when he really... Um, communicates better with him i feel mm-hmm. and is way more candid but that makes sense i guess um so so and william responds to that you know you know saying that we'll we'll do the interview tomorrow yeah uh, you know he's he's gotten this long diatribe <laughs> from yeah. russell you know about about his bandmates about you know uh you know things that <laughs> you know that uh, definitely would be bad um for uh, to, to get out there to become common public knowledge, you know, and, and, and especially yeah. even for even very, even though it's to a million people, it's actually, it's just bad for essentially just, if just one person gets <laughs> learned yeah. of, of, uh, him possibly, uh, being with groupies slash band-aids. Yeah. And you can count on the fact that that person's probably gonna, you know, read, read the article if, if, if um, you know, they care about him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And he kind of, I, I feel like maybe by, by saying too much about, you know, all the, the cheating stuff that's going on behind the scenes that he made William a little bit uncomfortable and that he mm-hmm. heard a bit too mm-hmm. much and it kind mm-hmm. of successfully put it off for another day. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. Um, yeah. To, yeah, making William uncomfortable. Yeah, because, like, he, you know, he's 15 and he probably, although he's very smart, he, he, he was really idolizing these guys. So you wonder kind of how much he, he knows about their private lives that when, when mm. they're not on the road. You know, maybe he just assumed mm. that they were all single. Yeah, I, yeah, you, you kind of think that you know it, it, it's possible he could know about either one of those things, either. Yeah. That that uh, oh, 
maybe all all the band members are single and thus you know uh, having groupies and 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 the uh and the affairs what have yeah. you that go on um or or i mean it's possible that you know i mean that again okay here's another beatles thing is and it's john lennon yeah. and it's and it was he he was married in like 64 yeah. 65 to and cynthia right yeah since cynthia lennon uh yeah the, the you know the, their manager and not the other other head honchos what have you you know they they definitely didn't want uh that becoming pop public knowledge they yeah. wanted the girls to have the crushes on them yeah i guess it it makes sense because um teenage fans dictate so much about what's cool and what isn't so mm-hmm. you know i mean and they never having really... a wife isn't cool <laughs> Yeah, I don't think having a wife was cool in in 1973 and you're in a rock and roll band. Yeah. It's a bit different now. Um and and before we actually get the full conversation of William Russell ending, we actually have the uh the Skinner song Simple Man ending and yeah. you know you know layered over the top of of the end of this conversation, we start to hear uh Love Thing by Stillwater. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and we eventually, you know, at, at, and then when the conversation ends, then we get to see them up on the stage, continuing, you know, continuing on this song. Yeah, you know, the last time um, I watched this movie was yesterday, and it had been a while since I had seen it before, yeah. and um, or maybe I can't remember when it was, but anyway, um, they, I didn't realize that in the credits, they. They credit Russell Hammond and Stillwater as if they were real right. writers and performers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say that the score is by Cameron Crowe's um, then wife, I think, and right, also yeah. Peter Nate Frampton, Wilson. if I'm right about that. Right, yeah, yeah, he definitely yeah had uh, had a big role uh, in uh, in especially I think the Still the Stillwater songs. Now Nancy Wilson, she had her uh, more mostly guitar based, I think, uh, maybe yeah. a little piano too. Um, very uh, interlude type uh uh songs that uh were in- instrumental songs yeah um, but yeah when it came to uh, these songs i think even cameron crow i think even had some some lower level of uh uh role and probably probably more more lyrics i would bet but yeah anything, that uh, would make musically. sense yeah um and, and and certainly uh it's certainly out there to to uh find i won't I mean, I think it's all, it's mainly, um, because it just came out like, you know, in the past, like five years on Cameron hmm. Crowe's website, the uncool, the uncool, um, where he eventually finally did release, you know, the, I think, I think some of the Stillwater songs as well as that, that weren't on the actual, uh, soundtrack CD. Um, I oh, think two I were on realize. it. This, this might've been one of the two. Uh, I should look it up. Um, but, um, but then, uh. You know the couple, the couple others that uh, were in the in the that were were created and and in the movie at, at lower levels of of the ability to hear them too. There's definitely one yeah. that's coming up that's that's very in the background, being played in the background. Um, but but that's yeah. now available. That's for sure. As well as well as uh, some of Nancy Wilson's. I mean, there's there's one or two I think also, again on the soundtrack, but then a couple more that were were never officially released until he did on his website. Hmm. I wonder why he all of a sudden decided to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know, it's just, uh, it's just. I, 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 he, he, he has that fan mentality that, 
you know, for whatever reason he was holding it back. But, you know, I mean, he was just probably really busy with, you know, writing yeah. and directing, you know. And when uh, yeah. he had the gumption, you know, he, he, he came across it maybe in his files and what have you and got it, got things digitized maybe more than they were in 2000. I mean, that yeah. was a, a big hop in time for that, but uh, it's not, not necessarily the way it would have been done back then, I don't think. Yeah. I wish I could go through um, his files for this movie. There'd be so many interesting things <laughs> that we have no idea about. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, so much of his stuff was used, you know, all that memorabilia in his first uh, couple minutes in, in his drawer. Oh, yeah. You know, Those are his and, records, and, aren't and they? the records, the records too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so, if you, and so if you listen to Love Thing, the, the full song, the, the biggest little kind of gripe I have with it, this is that you know what what he's doing he's walking up to the microphone and getting ready to sing whereas on the recorded version now i mean that's that's one way he get around it by saying well this is a live version and that's a recorded ver that's the studio version um yeah but uh there, there's it's, as far as i can tell in listening to it there's no additional person you know doing some backing vocals uh at this point in the song at least i don't think i don't think at any point in the song but, uh, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know what, listeners? I know that free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPod, AFMPOD, at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening. It's, it's all happening. happening. Yeah, and the, the 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 real singer for I think all I'm pretty sure every Stillwater song is uh, a guy by the name of Marty Fredrickson. Uh, okay, so he he sings for as Russell. Yeah, for J for Jason Lee as a stand, you know, the voice. Oh, he, oh yeah, not Jason Russell. Lee. Um, yeah. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, yeah Jeff. Yep, we, we do hear we do hear Jeff singing once in this. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's what besides, I was besides besides the get on my piggyback ride. Yeah, it's the where they're all singing. Yeah, he leads them. He must have been a a, a pretty bad singer if they had to do that. Yeah, <laughs> that or they just really wanted you know I mean maybe a middling singer and <laughs> and they just yeah. really wanted some someone of a, of a better quality you know a more more professional. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, that that was of the age when uh, uh, there weren't hardly any bands that had essentially a bad singer. I mean, the, the the worst one some people certainly do claim is Bob Dylan, but um, yeah. other other than he, you know, it's it's uh, there there's still this big uh, uh, you know quality of singing being really important. Yeah, that's true. Rather than quality of writing, 
like my third favorite band, even though I love them, you know, I certainly admit that, uh, uh, pavement, Stephen Malkmus of pavement, uh, isn't, isn't a great singer. <laughs> I, I like yeah. the style, just very similar to Bob Dylan, you know, Hey, it's, it's yeah. a great style, but it's not yeah, and... admittedly a high quality. Yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with pavement, but is, is the writing good and kind of the quality of the, the instruments it, itself? I, yeah. I think it's, I think for pavement for me, especially is, I mean, even though I, I do have memorized an awful lot of their lyrics. Um, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the quality of the musician, the musicianship, you know, the, the, the kind of sounds they can create with various instruments is what uh, kind of gets me the most. And that, that, that's almost like, that's almost it for almost every band that, that that's why I focus on so much more than, than what's, I, I, I can be singing along with lyrics I know are right, or sometimes yeah. I don't know they're quite right and I can be making <laughs> them up, you know, just what I think I, what I think they're saying without having, yeah. you know, just, you know, investigated. And I'm fine with doing that. And they can be saying some yeah. really atrocious stuff. I don't know. I, <laughs> you just know. remember if, the if, sounds. If it's bad enough, then maybe I would I would dismiss them. But yeah, and get away from I mean, being a fan of a certain band. I mean, pretty much every song that I listened to when I was a kid, I didn't memorize the lyrics. I just kind of memorized the sounds. So even mm-hmm. even now, when I when I like sing them or hear them, I just think of like my own lyrics for them that weren't even proper words. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of interesting when you when you actually go and look up the lyrics and you're like, oh, that's what they were trying to say. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So now there is uh, the uh, differences, and actually we we had one uh, difference uh, from the theatrical to the uh, untitled extended edition. That is forty two minutes longer. Um, yeah. And it would have been even longer if they had included the uh, well, the, what they but. They're pretty sure they would have included it in the theatrical if they had. So the theatrical would have been longer as well. The uh, the infamous stairway to heaven scene. Um, oh yeah. But uh, in this in this minute uh, before before they cut to the stage, um, the extended dialogue is you know Russell saying, "Forget what it's like to be a fan. It doesn't sound like music anymore. You know, it sounds like lifestyle maintenance or something." William yeah. says lifestyle. William says lifestyle maintenance. He's writing it down because he's I love repeating that. it. And he says that's, and that's when Russell takes the notepad and pen from him. Yeah. So it's starting a trend that Penny did, you know, when yeah. they're behind the scenes, you know, or by, you know, on the, on the uh, side of the stage, that is. Yeah. And everyone like along with that, everyone seems to kind of like, laugh at him when he has his his notepad and pen with mm. him as well like oh little opie with his pen and paper <laughs> i feel, i feel like even even like lester bangs was judging him a little bit when yeah. he was just sitting in front of him with his pen and paper but i think it's like super endearing mm-hmm. i think i think that that comes from probably from his mother the, yeah the I'm teacher sure. <laughs> yeah she probably like used to tell him to to take notes whenever she was talking to him. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Russell then continues, I used to be able to hear the sounds of the world, everything. To me, it sounded like music, and now I don't hear it, you know, anymore. Do you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say? And William says, yeah, yeah. 
And then Russell, and then then it picks up where he, where he says, "What am I doing? Telling secrets." Yeah, yeah. It's an it's an interesting um, little extra bit, but I don't I don't feel like it makes like a huge difference to mm-hmm. the to the plot in general. So that's one yeah. of those scenes where I'm like, that's okay that you cut that, but it's still <laughs> interesting to to see it, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. He's he's kind of um, revealing himself a little bit more, I guess, in in that little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then we also have the uh, uh, a, a very short scene that would have happened, or that did that does happen in between uh, this and, and going up on stage. And I can't remember how the music is handled though. But but uh, what it is is it's it's William interviewing uh, Larry. Yeah. Um, and he is. He is the bass player, as <laughs> the joke is kind of throughout this. Um, it, it's important to note that he's the bass player, and uh, yeah. yeah. So William is saying, "Larry Fellows, how would you describe your role in Stillwater? What is the chemical you add to the chemistry?" <laughs> I'm the bass player, <laughs> right? <laughs> and when you take that away, what would be missing stylistically? What chemical? A bass. The bass. Yeah, I think I think it's so interesting how they've done it in this movie where um, all four of the band members are such like tropes of of a four piece band. Mm. I think Mm -hmm. especially um, in this scene, you you know, you you barely hear anything or I don't think you hear much of of, um, him for the rest of the movie, really. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. I, I want some barbecue. It might be about it. Oh, yeah. And, and Ellen, I was wondering and, if Ellen, that was... and then the scene when with the uh, with the whole the really big revelation, I would say, <laughs> near the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's we can't reveal that yet. He's like, yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like you, like, I... some about you are an asshole or something. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you're, you're, I, they, I always... they make you sound. They make they're making you sound like an asshole. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always um, confuse him and the drummer like oh, okay they're, they're quite, yeah. maybe maybe i just don't pay enough attention to them but they're well, well the drummer is definitely so. ed he's 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 the quiet one <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, the bass player is like uh, slightly more loud than him yeah <laughs> but yeah it seems to be all about um russell and jeff which i'm sure it kind of likely is in in a lot of um, like band situations. <laughs> so, um, is it yet? Would you say you have a a take on what you see happening on stage? Is there is there anything interesting, maybe, or or down in the crowd too? I mean, these girls are. <laughs> yeah, I have. I, do you know like how they filmed the concert? Um, I'm not really. No, I'm not. I can't sound familiar with that. With yeah, I mean, you know uh, that that they actually had you know um, a bunch of a bunch of non fans. I mean, they can't be a fan of Stillwater. No, and there's <laughs> so Stillwater many people. Stillwater isn't a real band. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many people in that in that you know arena or whatever it is like mm-hmm. that. You know, obviously those people at the front are real um, extras or whatever, but it's a filled yeah. area, so I don't know. Yeah, you can really see in, in certain shots, like at oh, like seconds 40, 47, 48, say. I mean, there's a ton of people on the other side of you know. You're seeing Jeff BB singing into the microphone yeah. from the from the side stage point of view of William and Penny, 
And there's yeah. there's plenty of people way over there that, and then it zooms yeah. out in the very next second, forty nine, and it's it's yeah. a pretty packed anyway. uh, arena. Yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine it. it's the it's the I can't imagine it's the uh, Star Wars uh, Episode One Phantom Menace style of Q tips. <laughs> <laughs> Little colored Q-tips is what apparently is, is what uh, is used for the uh, the pod racing scenes of the crowd. Really? But, um, yeah. yeah, it looked it, anyway. Whatever they did, it it looked pretty good. But um, yeah, when Williams kind of waiting at the side of the stage with the band aids and having a great time, it kind of makes me think of uh, when they said, you know, wait at the top of the ramp with the other girls because he's mm. just kind of. I mean, I know that journalists probably, you know, stand there as well, but um, he's he's forming like a closer relationship hmm. with with those band aids um, at that time, and kind of Russell Russell seems to treat it like a bit of a privilege for William when uh-huh. he has he has every right to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I almost wonder. It almost makes me wonder about um, the. Uh... The possibility, might there have been any other journalists that followed them on previous tours that were, you know, with with them as, as heavily as, yeah. as William is, or maybe to a lesser extent, you know, set in a separate, in separate vehicles or something, but then would show up, you know, on the, yeah. on the side of the stage? Do you think that this this is, like, their biggest tour yeah. yet, though? And Yeah, and the, maybe... yeah, they definitely are increasing, yeah, right, in popularity and so forth. Yeah, so what what I might think is that maybe they'd have like a like a a different journalist um at whatever concert that they played um you know, a different one at every gig because maybe there wasn't mm. one de- mm. dedicated to to them uh, specifically when they're not as big. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really know how how it would have worked, but yeah, I I can't imagine they they played at uh, that big of a scope of places. Although their bus seems to be pretty old, Bessie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> or or uh, Dor- Doris. Oh Doris! I can't believe I just called it Bessie. Doris, the bus. I'm a fake fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doris is better anyway. Oh. <laughs> Um, and then it's one shot uh, again. You know, it's just with when, when you can see the full crowd. But over on the right, you have uh, one guy, one uh, roadie. I would have to assume just one yeah. sole single roadie standing over there by himself with his arms crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's not real into it, seemingly. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, you'd think he would be as a roadie, but maybe he's just kind of there to do his job. <laughs> Um, and then, like we said, uh, you know, Russell puts his hand on the microphone, and and it's, you know, there, there's certainly little audio clues as to what might be happening here. Um, yeah, you know, it's there's this little vibrations that he's is is he making is he purposely making the microphone <laughs> vibrate, or is something from the microphone making it vibrate and him then too? Yeah, so I don't think they're that experimental. <laughs> yeah. In that way, just 
it's just one of the crazy, crazy things with doing these uh, movies by minutes that uh, you hit on uh, certain things happening at, at the cut points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but, but seriously though, if I, if there's anything uh, further, if you'd like to talk about real quick, you know, the, you know, uh, what's um, happening well, in he Russell gets... here, you're, you're certainly yeah. welcome to, and, and, and then from there you can go into anything else about the movie that you'd want to get in and, and your history as well. We'll have to hear about that in a moment. Yeah, too. well, he gets, uh, electrocuted, doesn't he? Yeah, um, essentially it's, 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 not... it's, uh, he's, he's out of it for a little while, I'd say, you know. Yeah, there, there's I mean, two scenes where he's out of it in this movie. <laughs> that was the first, and for very different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one's definitely not on purpose. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was just reading. I mean, you can probably tell I've been reading some of the trivia for for mm-hmm. this uh, movie, and um, it could have been inspired by a couple of things where. Um, there was actually one guitarist for Stone the Crows that was killed by grabbing a microphone that no. wasn't grounded in 1972. And I'm not sure if Cameron Crowe was uh, there at that time, but yeah. I mean, also Axl Rose was electrocuted, I believe. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think electrocuted is the right way to say it, but basically, I mean, obviously he didn't die from that, but um, yeah, he got an electric shock and collapsed so yeah um or it just could have been to do with the plot that cameron crow wanted to uh, keep it running along but um i guess we, we only really see a little bit of it in in this minute have i just completely spoiled it for the next minute <laughs> um are there any other uh, uh thoughts about this minute then before you uh, and then you can go into no, your history yeah, I don't think um, I have anything else to talk about with this minute. Yeah. But it was a great one with um, Love the Extended Bit as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so when was the first time do you remember seeing this movie? Yeah. Um, so I actually went to, I grew up in Hong Kong, but I went to boarding school in Scotland. So uh, every time I would have to, to fly um to school basically um after the holidays and i watched almost famous just kind of on a whim on the plane and they actually didn't have the plane scene right um, yeah i found that yeah, out myself so, <laughs> on yeah. a just a couple months ago so, a few months ago but so until until um you know a couple of years ago i didn't even know that that scene existed um because mm. <laughs> i you know i I probably watched it um, a, a few months later with one of my friends, but um, it started just, I just loved everything about the movie as lots of people do when they watch it. But I, I felt um, like a deep connection to a lot of the characters and it, it was the, my first kind of introduction as well to groupies or band-aids, however you want to call them. And mm-hmm. um, thinking that, yeah, maybe I can't make music, but, doesn't mean I don't want to like be around musicians and um you know see see their process of making music and everything and I was already such Mm a a fan of music from especially the 60s but into the 70s as well and I kind of 
went down this rabbit hole on the internet of <laughs> all the things that happened at that time. And I was just so amazed that there could be these women who were just uh, hanging out with bands and for the most part living their, their best life. So I kind of took that mm-hmm. in, in my stride and uh, started to kind of try and live a bit like Penny Lane <laughs> um, without overdosing on, on anything. Um, but yeah, yeah I, <laughs> um, I, I started to go to gigs and all of that, especially when I moved to Australia, there's, there's a great, um, music scene, um, great music scene in Brisbane. And, um, now I've moved to Sydney and the music scene's even better and mm. my partner's a musician. So, um, not hanging out with multiple bands anymore, but definitely spending a lot of time seeing the process that Matty does um Mm. when he's making music so yeah that's kind of the long story of why i love this movie if (laughs) if anyone really cares (laughs) um but yeah then i started making this zine which i talked about in the last minute called um penny lane um which has been like my favorite thing to do um and it's been great to interview bands and review albums and do all that kind of thing so yeah i love it yeah, and everyone should definitely go and check out uh, her Instagram where she has that uh, the Penny Lane zine. Yep, and I'm always open to chat about that kind of thing. I know there's people out there who are super interested in the history of um, groupies and band-aids and that kind of thing, um, and I love talking about it to anyone who will listen and tell me you know, tidbits of information they've found out as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. That's that's so that's so great that you're you have a, a passion project like that you you love to do and yeah you put out in the world put put some you know get get some information and some thoughts and feelings and so forth out. Yeah, and I also work in a in a bookstore, so oh. um, we have a really Makes big sense. selection of music books that I love to talk to people about when they come into the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, uh, thank you so much, Ariel, for being on yeah. these couple of minutes here, these, these last two weeks. Yeah, thank you for um, hosting and doing what you do. It's great. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It's very enjoyable, and I hope to be back uh, next week with uh, Minute 46. Um, this was Minute 45. Um, you can uh, also, for the show itself here, uh, you can find it on Facebook as well. The page is facebook.com slash Minute. And we have our Twitter and Instagram handles that are the same thing, uh, Almost Famous Men. Yep. And uh, your your Instagram again, one last time? Or, um, or, or it's your couple Penny... Instagrams, really? Yeah, I mean, my my uh, zine Instagram is Penny Lane Zine, zine spelled Z-I-N-E. Um, Penny Lane spelt like it is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where you can and find me. I don't have... Yeah, true. <laughs> Can't forget the song. But yeah, that's where you can find me for that. And um, I'm not really on Facebook or anything like that. But yeah, I'd love to have a chat. And that's all from me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, one last time, um, this uh, show is brought to you by the Pantheon Podcast Network. A whole bunch of rock and roll related uh, podcasts are available there. Uh, next, Like I said, next week is Minute 46. And until then, it's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! Yeah! 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 Yeah!
You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.